My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com, the official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a deathmatch wrestler, promotion, manager, or platform, and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view. What it is, what's up, and welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Rafe Houston, and today I am joined by a very special guest. This is a living legend of the Australian wrestling scene. It's the one and only, the hardcore bitch known as Vixen. How are you doing today? Yeah, good. I'm so excited to finally speak to you. We got to meet ever so briefly at the uh, Not Here to Fuck Spiders show in Melbourne, uh, and I was very excited to finally get a chance to catch up with you and talk a little bit about your journey in wrestling. Yeah, I remember that. It was cool. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so when you think back to the first faces that stood out to you in professional wrestling when you started getting into it, uh, who pops out to you straight away? Uh, Vader. <laughs> Vader. Okay. Yeah. That's an awesome choice. Vader um, and my Miami Kudo, how, Miami Kudo. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. How do how do they come across your screen? Because not not always. I mean, Vader, you'd see it like in your houses and stuff like that. But you're you're talking a little bit deeper cuts, you know, as far, as far as mainstream TV goes. Do you, did you have fans in your family or? Uh, my dad liked professional wrestling, so um, I think he's the one that introduced me to Vader. Uh-huh. Um, and. I don't know how I got a hold of some FMW tapes, but I did. <laughs> and, yeah, from there it was all history. <laughs> That's awesome. And and how old are you when, when these kind of things are sort of coming across your door there? So when I've seen Vader, I was probably only about six or eight. Yeah. Yeah. And I was a little bit older when uh-huh. I got into the, the, the FMW stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I just felt like a huge connection with, with them too. I don't know why. Like, I can't explain it. But, yeah. um. I just think it was the way they made me feel when I was watching them perform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And especially like as like when you talk about being a kid and seeing somebody like Vader and stuff, like an intimidating character, you know, it's not like the the normal choice for like a like a kid to be like, this is my hero yeah. or whatever, you know, because he's, he's a big bad guy at the time, you know. I so. think I liked him because he made everything he did look like a real fight. Absolutely. Like if I was in a fight in the street, that's how it would be. Yeah. Like – he wouldn't, you know, yeah, it was just, there was just something about him that was just magical and, yeah, it's hard to explain, but um, he was de- definitely one of the first that sort out. Yeah, and larger than life as well, you know, so so big and imposing and all those kind of things. You, you, 
you can't not be sort of struck by him, especially like from a young yeah. age. You're like, whoa, like, this. I think he, I think he reminded me like of a comic book character, something yes. like a, a cartoon character, like mm-hmm. something that you wouldn't normally see, yeah. like in real life. Yeah. And when you've seen it in real life, you're like, oh wow, there's people like this around that are real. Yeah. Like, wow, it's just, yeah, crazy. <laughs> and um, and what was it uh, about uh, Miami Kudo that 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 stood out to you as well? Oh, the death matches she's done. Yeah. The exploding barbed wire death match. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was probably the first one. Exactly. So that was kind of like your your first glimpse of, of death matches and, and more extreme stuff at that point. So it was probably a bit of ECW. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I dug into that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was what wanted me to get into death match wrestling. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I always kind of find it interesting when I speak to other Australians, like who, especially who have become wrestlers, because it was so hard for me to even watch wrestling, you know, as I grew up. And for you, you you're seeing these things, you're like, oh, this is, this is so cool and stuff. How do you even begin to, to seek it out, you know, to find it, to train and all those kind of things? Because it, it wasn't exactly prevalent prevalent for us on TV or, or anything like that? Like, did you have mutual friends that were already training or did you have to really go hunting for that kind of stuff? Um, so I lived in a small country town um, in Victoria mm-hmm. at the time. And every now and then, like, there was a huge roundabout going into town. Yeah. There would be a sign that's been live pro wrestling this Saturday. Oh, really? And I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, I want to go there, I want to go. It took me so long uh-huh. to convince one of my parents to take me because my yeah. parents were split up at the time. And my sister ended up taking me. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably about a year on. Uh-huh. Um, first show I went there, I asked someone who was working the door, can I please speak to the head trainer? I want to start training. I was only 16 at the time. So yeah. I was pretty nervous, very shy, uh-huh. a very, very, very shy teenager. Yeah. Um, and I spoke to George Julio. Wow. I couldn't ever come out and he's cool um, tracksuit, matching tracksuit, and he's strutting his stuff. Like, hey, you want to be a wrestler? I'm like, yeah, where can I train? And he gave me his address and he says, we'll see if you come. We'll see. Um, then, yeah, th- then the next week I was down there training and I haven't looked back since. Yeah. And so that would have been like for somebody who was, like you say, an introvert, that was probably a pretty big step out of your shell for you, like uh, an testament to how much you were into wrestling to be like to even venture to have that conversation and to start looking into that kind of stuff, right? Well, ever since I started watching pro wrestling, I knew I wanted to be a wrestler. Like, yeah. I'm, that's it. I've made my mind up. And when I make my mind up on something, mm-hmm. that's it. It's done. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. It's done. Yeah. Um, there was a wrestling school that was meant to open up in the town I was in, but playing, like, email tag for a few months and then something wasn't going on and whatnot. But then I found out this group of people were actually training – at George Julio's training school, mm-hmm. um, they were just recording the sessions and they were planning on making their own training. It was very strange. Yeah, okay. Anyway, after being messed around for eight months, um, yeah, I'd seen that there was a show and I'm like, yep, I'm going. And my sister and my sister took me, which was really good. Um, but, yeah, since day one, I always, I always knew I wanted to be a pro wrestler. Like, there was not a question about it. Um, and then shortly after, <laughs> that's when I knew I wanted to do – Hardcore matches. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that, that was on the on the books right from the start for you, was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, t- 
tell me a little bit about George Julia because I I'm not quite the Australian wrestling historian that probably I should be, but I I do know who he is and I I know the name and I know he's very well thought of uh, as a trainer. What do you were you aware of him before you started? Like like had you you heard of him or anything, or that all came later? I had no idea. Like yep. I didn't even know there was wrestling in this country. Yes. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know who to expect when I asked to speak to the head trainer. Yep. Um, but yeah, um, George has been wrestling for a very long time. He's got a, a very, a very, very good career. Um, yes. He's wrestled at Festival Hall quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just yeah, a living legend in these parts. Yeah. <laughs> um, er, like everyone, when I first started wrestling, had to come through George at some point or another, even if it was at PCW training or PWA training, everyone had a session with George. Yeah. That's just how it was. Mm-hmm. Just, just part of the fabric of like Australian wrestling, right? Like the way I understand it, like, like a real elder statesman that everybody really respects and has had a hand yeah. in so many people's careers. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like, um, I'm very thankful for all the opportunities he's given me over my career. Um, my first match, um, just, yeah, training me. I wasn't very good. Like I was, I had no idea what I was expecting when I went to training Mm -hmm. and I remember coming home and laying in bed and everything was hurting and my head was throbbing and I'm like, I can't wait to go back. Yeah. (laughs) Addicted um, right from the beginning. Yeah. I haven't looked back since. I haven't had any. The only time I've had breaks if I've been injured, like I had a pretty serious shoulder injury, mm-hmm. um, and then I had a work injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I haven't looked back since. Yeah, that's crazy. So, um, what's a first day of training look like for a very young vixen, a, a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, very nervous vixen as she enter, <laughs> enters a, a wrestling school for the first time? What What are you presented with straight out the gate? So. I'm just going to take it back a little bit when I was in the car, yeah, sitting with my mum in the car. As soon as I would see the street that we we're going to turn down where training was, I would start to get butterflies. I think, is this real? Is this actually happening? Uh-huh. And when I walked in, I was amazed. There was a, it was, as you walk in, there's a little gym on the left mm-hmm. and there's a big wrestling ring on the right in a separate room. Yeah. I walked in there and I could not believe it. I'm like, oh, wow, I finally found my home. Yeah. Like I, I found my people kind of thing. Uh-huh. I was very, I was very shy and I was 16, very nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, so first training session, um, George would generally speak you through the simple bumps, uh-huh. the back bumps and rolls. Um, I did a small bit of chain and I think the session went for about an hour mm-hmm. and then George will see, he said to me, I'll see if you come back next week. Not many people come back. Yeah. And I said, George, I'm definitely coming back. You can count on that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, very nervous, very agile, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, I was, I was just a kid. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a dumb kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but had, yeah, haven't had, looked back since. Had you done anything athletic before? for this like had you done anything through school playing any sports anything like that or was this like the first like sort of physical thing that you sought out to do as well so i played field hockey at school mm-hmm. um i always liked the contact sports yeah. i didn't actually i didn't play i wasn't a part of any leagues or anything like that um 
I hated gymnastics at school. I hated it with a passion. Um, <laughs> I wasn't like, I like sports, but I wasn't very athletic. Yeah, exactly. It, it doesn't surprise me that you said that the contact stuff uh, stood out to you because obviously being a wrestling fan, but when I think about your match, it's like always very physical. Like everything that I have seen from you has always been like quite brutal and, and pretty like full contact. So you just found yourself falling into that kind of <laughs> mindset straight away. Hey? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and is there, like you say, um, you, you knew pretty early on that you wanted to kind of do a little bit more hardcore stuff and, and that. How does like a trainer like George take stuff like that and even now like the kind of stuff that, that you do because, you know, you hear those stories about wrestling trainers like, no, no student of mine's going to do those death matches or whatever, or that's not working. Is, is there that sort of stigma or, or not really? Like, Yeah, you know. there was. Like, um, uh-huh. I remember there was this picture. It's, it's still there to this day uh-huh. on George's uh, wrestling school wall. It's, it was of Lobo and Mad Dog. They're just tangled in barbed wire, thumbtacks everywhere mm-hmm. from the famous Carnage match. Yes. George would take me over there and he goes, this is the match that fucked Aussie wrestling. <laughs> and I'm like, Whoa. okay, yeah. Like, George loves Lobo and Mad Dog. He loves them like sons. Yeah. Um, but he goes, I don't want you doing this. But then I got given the chance and other promotions when I, you know, branched out, worked elsewhere. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> but I think, you know, it is something, like, pretty serious. If you do want to become a deathmatch wrestler, yeah. Um, like, obviously you need to be a good wrestler first. Mm-hmm. You can't just dive into the deep end. Yeah. So my advice to anyone that wants to be a deathmatch wrestler, get your basics down first. Um, but you're not, not many trainers are too welcoming to it, but I guess you have to be really committed and not just want to have, like, it's okay to have one-offs and whatnot to understand and appreciate the, all the different styles. But as soon as you make that turn to deathmatch wrestling, a lot of people are going to look at you differently. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like now, like, Deathmatch is probably the most accepted it's ever been, the most popular it's ever been, I think, you know, thanks to stuff like uh, IWTV. And then obviously, like, the the time of everything being shut down during the pandemic, like, in a lot of ways, uh, and I've said it on the show, I feel like Deathmatch carried wrestling through the pandemic because it was something that really rose up and a lot of people got involved with. Do you still, do you feel like that stigma is slowly starting to shake now and it's becoming a little bit more accepted as like part of the, the art form of part of the art form of wrestling rather than like, you know, the dark secret corner that nobody talks about. Cause I mean, we're seeing it on mainstream TV and stuff now. Well, yeah, definitely. Especially in Australia, like, um, it's a very niche market in pro wrestling. Yes. Like, I think that at the time, the only place that was starting to do a lot more death matches before COVID hit was BCW. Yeah. Like, it had Takeda, Crazy Monkey, um, Sabu. Um, so it was a slow introduction for fans, and they were liking it. Like, people wanted more. And then DMD, DMDU came along and, um, yeah, just took it to the next level. Absolutely. And, Every fan I've spoken to love it. They absolutely love it. They appreciate you uh, for doing it. They, they're just, yeah, like there's no one, like if you don't like it, don't come at, at the end of the day. If you don't like it, turn it off. Like if I'll watch a movie and it's shit, I'm going to turn it off. <laughs> but um, 
it's getting it's it's definitely more popular than it was, especially in the states during COVID. Like they definitely carried the flag for professional wrestling. Um, say what you will about deathmatch wrestling, but there it was something that fans that people had to escape the horrible COVID. But yeah, like COVID was pretty like brutal, like lockdowns and putting fear in your eyes and all this other stuff. Like it was just good to you know put on the TV. Oh look, normal life. Yeah, exactly. And and sometimes pretty like sort of crazy life as well. Like when you think think back to the start of ICW No Holds Barred and uh you know they'd had that that big show and it was indoors but then everything, you know, went to hell in the world and then they have their second show just in that, you know, parking lot. I think it was in Atlantic City and it just looks like something from Fight Club or something like that, you know, yeah. and it's just crazy and you're streaming it and the streams are dropping out and there's all these amazing matches happening and Akira's coming off the roof and Nick Gage is fighting Cass and all this stuff's going on. It was it was really like something special and kicked off I, I think like a whole new, you know, life for Deathmatch Wrestling. And and then, you know, the uh Deathmatch Down Under starts to kick off and pick up steam and become something else and turn people's eyes towards Australian wrestling. It's really interesting to see where we've gotten to now, especially as we head towards this later part of the year with the stuff that we've got coming up with not only the Dream Tournament that you're going to be a part of very soon and then also into the ICW No Holds Barred Tour here in uh, Australia. Yeah, like um, I think uh, Deathmatch is definitely in a good state at the moment, even in Japan. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, it's just getting more and more popular which is good. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry, the cat's snoring. <laughs> <laughs> what is that name? Um, but yeah, I can see it just getting more popular and definitely in Australia, like more Australians going overseas, getting more known, just really raising the flag for everyone here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, there's a thing like you can't, I, I've never gone to a deathmatch show and not had a, a good time. And I even myself went by accident like the first time, you know, with my, my wife and a friend and we went to a big Japan show and we didn't really know what to expect and were, were blown away and, you know, really made us fans. And I think that's what it offers for a lot of people. I, I can't imagine many people go to a show like that and are not left going, wow, that was a fun time. I was like, I'm yeah. crazy and shocked and scared and it was hilarious and it was all these things all at one time. But I think you're pretty lucky that you're – your first death match was in Japan to watch. Like, but they're just next level. They're just from the moment you walk into the venue and you sit down, you just know that you're going to be in for something special. You just know. Yeah, the 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 pageantry of it, and like when uh, I, I've told the story before on on the show, but I'll tell you real quick. Uh, the main event was going to be like a hundred light tube death match, and we kind of didn't really even know what that was, you know. And then you start seeing them putting light tubes on the ropes, and you're like, what's What's going on here? And then you start seeing the crowd putting on ponchos and goggles, and you're like, "What's uh, yeah. is it going to be water?" In the seat. <laughs> yeah, what's uh, is it going to be water in this match? Like, what's really going on? And then the first person goes through those light tubes, and you see glass scatter over the audience, and you're like, "Oh my god, what is happening right now? This is insane." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think, um, well, I'd like to think that fans feel the same when they come to DMDU. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah. I would like to think that because when I arrive at the venue, I think that. So Yeah. Well, <laughs> I felt that way when I went to my first Deathmatch Down Under show just recently. Um, 
it was it was different because it was the first time I'd ever seen one in Australia. First time I'd had the opportunity to catch Deathmatch Down Under. For those who don't know, I live in Perth, so even though I've covered it since it started, I have only ever been able to go to one show. Had plenty of flights cancelled on me to stop me from going to other shows, <laughs> but uh, uh-huh. but uh, but I managed to get to that one, and I will be coming over uh, for the the ICW crossover shows. Um, have I'm you not- have you had the opportunity to uh, catch? Big Japan, much like go to Japan, do all that kind of stuff? So I've had um, 12 trips of um, touring Japan, um, yeah. just working for smaller indies over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've travelled with guys that have worked for BJW and Freedoms, mm-hmm. like Mad Dog. He's, yep. uh, he worked for BJW oh, probably about 16 years ago yeah. mm-hmm. for a while. Um, him and Pondo and Masada, they had a few cool matches over there. Absolutely. And, um yeah, there's been a few other guys that have been over there and worked for BJW. Mm-hmm. Um, the last time I was over there, Mad Dog wrestled for Freedoms. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, I've I've seen a lot of deathmatch wrestling in Japan live, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, I think that's what actually got Callum Butcher started in deathmatch wrestling. It was. It was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we spoke about too. Both of our like first death matches that we saw were both Abdullah Kobayashi matches uh, in yeah. Karakun Hall death matches. And yeah, he was like, this is, he put up a photo recently that was like, this is the anniversary of when I first saw it. And you can see his little face just like, you know, having like yeah. the best time looking forward to it. Do you, do you love uh, traveling Japan? It's a very special place for us. We've been, uh, I haven't been as many times as you, but we went like five years in a row running before the pandemic started. Like the last two times had been month-long trips, just like traveling around Japan, planning it ourselves, seeing whatever wrestling we could, seeing whatever, you know, Freedoms, Big Japan, New Japan kind of stuff, like huge fans of the country and, and of the wrestling. You enjoy uh, traveling it and taking it all in? Oh, yeah. Like it's... It's just magic to me. It like, is, isn't it? Every time I go to Japan, wrestle, come home, I've reset. Yeah. Like, it's just amazing. The people are amazing. They treat you amazing over there. Um, and it's so fun to wrestle different, like a different style over there yeah. than back home. Um, but, yeah, if, if I could live there, I would. Yeah, Unfortunately, same. I'm not in the position to. Yeah. Um, but I'm surprised we haven't bumped into each other because I've been – from like 2013 to 2019, twice a year. Yeah, wow. It, it, yeah. You know what? We may have even been in like similar locations, you know, when things were happening, but obviously yeah. we didn't know each other in any way. You know, I I hadn't done any podcasting stuff until essentially 2020, you know, like we'd been traveling oh, yeah. and stuff, but I it was like when all the pandemic stuff kind of was cranking on, I was like, oh, well, when I eventually get locked down from work, I'll have heaps of time to do this, so maybe I'll get started. Never got locked down, just kept doing the podcast like at the yeah, same time. Yeah, it was the same. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, you're essential workers. Yeah, it just keeps going forever. <laughs> no break. Yeah. But but I managed to keep it going, and then, yeah, I, it was just me talking about, you know, the, the wrestling I liked and sometimes getting friends on and stuff, and then I didn't start doing interviews until I met Joel, like until Deathmatch Down Under was announced, and I, I had known of him, and we – quite often would talk about the same type of um, wrestling on Twitter and things, you know, all, all that. And I yeah. asked him if he wanted to come on and he was my first interview and then the rest is sort of nothing but interviews <laughs> since then. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but um, yeah, Japan is such a close place to our hearts. I would 
give anything to be going back. We we were considering looking at going in January, but probably we're going to just wait till it's a little bit more sorted. I think at the moment, like if you go, yeah. you've got to have a chaperone and stuff, and I wouldn't do that to well, any I, of the I, nice I was Japanese reading you have, to have, um, you have to be in a tourist group. You're not allowed to wander oh. off. You have to wear a mask 24-7. You have to have a tracking app on your phone. Um, you have to have all the um, vaccinations. Um, you have to get tested every few days. Yeah, it's just not much fun. Like the whole magic of being in Japan is just wandering around, finding new things, exactly. like finding a random toy shop or, you know, video game store. Um, but yeah, we're just gonna. I'm just gonna wait a little bit longer. Yeah, we're the same. Like you, you could literally not plan a day and have the best time. You can walk out of your hotel, you can walk into a Seven Eleven, buy a beer or a strong zero, and then just start walking and see what you find because you know block oh, yeah. to block it changes, and there's like you walk around a corner and there'll be some majestic temple like it's just such a special yeah. place god i miss it so much yeah me too yeah. Like I, I, I went out on um friday night uh, friday night to a the fancy japanese restaurant i'm like this just makes me miss japan even more god yeah. damn it <laughs> like i thought this would would make it better but here we are yeah fine all right <laughs> so let, let's rewind a little bit then uh to your your training you you're in it you love it you've told you've told him you're coming back how long is it before you uh, start to do any shows or anything like that? Oh, Jesus. Um, so probably about nine months and then I got put on as a manager. Okay. Um, which was fine. I was happy to do anything. Like, Yeah. I was grateful someone said, yes, I can manage them. Mm-hmm. Um, then I was in a few rumbles shortly after that uh-huh. and then probably about a year and a half in I had my first tag team match. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going from there, I had my first singles match against Michelle K. Haslock uh-huh. in 2003 or four. Yeah. It, it was a struggle because there wasn't many females around. Yes. As you know, Michelle's from Perth. So yes. when she was down for PWA, mm-hmm. um, someone asked her if she wanted to wrestle me, which, you know, I haven't had a singles match. I was just a rookie. So I'm yeah. very grateful for that. Um, and then since then, it hasn't stopped. <laughs> yeah, which is good. Um, Michelle K. Haslock was the first female independent wrestler I ever saw wrestle here in Perth. So I didn't see live wrestling until I was like in my thirties. Uh, well, actually, no, that's not one hundred percent true. It was uh, I was early twenties. I went across to um. Uh, when WWE came for like their first global warning tour in like a long time, but I didn't see. Oh, yeah. indi- I went to the one in Melbourne. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the one yeah. I flew over for. It. I was at, I was at that that same show, the the one in Melbourne for the the global warning thing. But yeah, I didn't see independent wrestling. Didn't even know it was a thing until I was well into my thirties. And I went to an EPW show, and Michelle was on that show, and I'm quite sure she was yeah the first female independent wrestler I ever saw wrestle. And so it's pretty and crazy cool. that you're the person that you had your first match with is who you're going to be opening up Dream with, right? Like she's your yeah. opponent in the Dream tournament? Like, oh, yeah. Like yeah. Um, we've got a mystery box death match, which is going to be cool. Uh-huh. Um, but just to rewind it back a little bit, Michelle was the first female that was really nice to me in pro wrestling. She gave me advice, like uh-huh. clothing advice, um, etiquette advice, uh-huh. Um and since that day, we've been good friends, yeah, like awesome. best friends. That's awesome. Um, we've, we've both been through a lot. Yeah. Um, 
And to me, it's just special that someone took the chance on me. Yeah. Like I like to repay that debt now when there's new females coming through or rookies coming through. I'm like, yep, I would like to wrestle them, like, you know, give them a chance because that's, you know, that's how they get work. That's yeah. how they get noticed. Someone has to take a chance. And I'm forever grateful for the chance you took on me. Yeah, absolutely. I imagine, I mean, it would have been a very different time than like now the, you know, things like intergender wrestling and, you know, female wrestling is all very prominent. But when you rewind back to when you were starting, you know, we that that stuff wasn't very prominent. Like uh, people weren't given the chances that they're given now. So that's like super awesome. No, though. when I started, I did a very different style, like power bombs, Germans. That wasn't very common for females to do. Yes. And it wasn't common at all. Like, no, if you can't do that, you've got to do a hair toss. You've got to do this. Yeah. You've got to do a bulldog. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I want to do this. Yeah. So, and like I've wrestled Michelle probably about, 10 times total mm-hmm. the time we're in wrestling. And every time I've stepped foot in the ring with her, she's been so open to, to anything. Oh, can I do this to you? Hey, yeah, yeah, no worries. I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. I was like, you know, I don't want to wrestle like a female. I yeah. just want to be a wrestler. Yeah. Like, you know, a tough as shit wrestler. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there was, when I started, there was three other girls in Victoria. Um, there was two at PCW. There was, uh, Mercury or Charmaine, Eden, Vita Loka, and Tennille. That was it. Yeah, wow. When I started. <laughs> and that we're all scattered out everywhere. So I started with NAW. Most of them were at PCW. Um, and then PWA had a few girls wrestle on their shows occasionally. Um, then when Michelle flew over and then someone asked her, oh, we've got a show this weekend. Do you want to wrestle Vixen? She's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, well, I have a match. Yeah. <laughs> Can't really remember the first match. Uh-huh. I'm sure it wasn't that great because um, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, if anything, I remember the moment when I found out I was wrestling. Yeah. It must have been, must yeah. have been really exciting because, like you say, the opportunities weren't there. There isn't other females around. Like, uh, how often are you going to get that shot? So. Yeah, like there was – yeah, it was it was crazy. Like my first match was a tag match. It was me um, with Mo, uh, sorry, it was Steve Bellick versus Mozart and Insano. There was no chicks in that match. Yeah, <laughs> which is fine. I did not care at all. I was yeah. just happy to have a match. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, you do feel a bit isolated when there's no other females around at training or someone to look up to for advice mm-hmm. or you know anything like that. So it was it was very special to me. Yeah. Um, I guess um, between me and Michelle, we've done a lot of Australian firsts, Mm -hmm. which I don't really talk about that much because, you know, I don't want to sound up myself or anything, but there was a time where females had to do this one ref spot with the ref and he gets in the middle of you. Like when when a ref asked me to do that, I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Or the ref is going to do this and and you've got to do that. I'm like, okay, sure. When he did that, I just blasted the ref. (laughs) I just drop kicked him so hard. <laughs> just <laughs> destroyed him. Fucking sleaze ball. But yeah, it's, it was such a different time back then. Like, yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. And I mean, I imagine it would have even been challenging to like sort of 
have contact with like the other female wrestlers and stuff like that. It's not like it is now where we're all like, you know, on WhatsApp and Twitter and big each other up and stuff like that. You would have felt like very like, is there anybody else out here trying to do this? And you're only meeting a couple of people. So then to have the opportunity where somebody like Michelle comes in, you're like, oh, here's somebody else that's like living what I'm living and going through what I'm going through and wants the same things yeah. as I do. And you'd be, it'd be like finding a kindred spirit, you know? Yeah, like um, back in my day, there was MySpace. Um, yeah. So that was one way to connect with people. But there was always that weird promotion thing is like, you know, oh, you stick with us and you'll go far. And just all the females were scattered out. Like um, I can remember meeting Charmaine at George's one time at training. And I was like, oh, wow, another female. But she she trained at PCW. That, on their website, I can remember females wanted but it, it was just too far. I wasn't allowed to go. Yep. It was just frustrating. It was very frustrating. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm forever grateful for the opportunities I had starting. Um, I was just trying to think. It was, I think the second female wrestler that I wrestled was Sarah J. Mm-hmm. So she come down from Queensland and she moved to Melbourne for a bit. So it was just me and her. And we were just, we were just wrestling each other constantly. Yeah. Um, and then come Lozen, and then a few others come and left, come and left, come and left, um, until Kellyanne. She stuck around for oh, about 10 years. Mm-hmm. She was awesome to wrestle, um, one of my favourite opponents. Um, took her under my wing, showed her, you know, what I was taught um, and whatnot, which was good. Um, sad to see her leave, yeah. um, but life happens. Um, but n- these days... I'm so thankful for the opportunities that people have when they come through. It's just, it's just awesome. Yeah. Like it's great. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so it, it all, all so that far. struggle and hardship was worth it. Put it for what people get now. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It, it might, it must be really nice for you to see like the opportunities uh, that are now available, you know, for other female wrestlers, like, and where it's come, like all the work that you guys put in, uh, getting through to where where it is today and then now just they can just be part of the roster and in all the matches and like do all that stuff where you guys had to deal with so much bullshit like even down the track yeah. like you saying they're trying to control what you did in a match because it's you know expected whether it was you know divas era or whatever it is like you say hair tosses and bulldogs and all that kind of stuff they're like trying to make you do that where you're like i just want to be a wrestler and now people can can be it's pretty amazing. Yeah, like it was crazy. My my finisher was picked for me, um, my certain move set. But when I got in the ring, I just did what I wanted. <laughs> like obviously with my opponent's consent, kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, it's so cool to to watch girls like Delta and Tali just smashing each other, just germining the shit out of each other. Like, yeah. This is so awesome. This is all I ever wanted. Like, yeah. and it's it's so beautiful to see. Yeah, exactly right. And even opportunities like 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 Dream that we. we going to be talking about like that that tournament exists that that you can be in it that the the person you had your first match can fly over and you guys are gonna like be a part of this you know all gender tournament that's it's pretty amazing yeah it's amazing like um last year dream i wrestled mad dog and um unfortunately it was a knockout finish Mm -hmm. choked me out um and he had some nice things to say on the microphone after the match. I'm not too sure if it's on the, the stream or not, but, yeah, that that, that was nice. Um, yeah. Just basically saying gender doesn't matter. I, you know, mm-hmm. I've got a pair of balls and I can I can ride with the best of them kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, last year was very special because it was the first deathmatch tournament I was involved in, mm-hmm. and it, and it was in Australia. Yes. This year, I guess I'm a bit more. My eyes are more open mm-hmm. to what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I love Michelle, like I'm not going to stop. Like I'm going to yeah. win the thing. I'm going to win it. That's it. Like. I'm getting older. I've been in the business a while now. And as I said before, I know what I want, when I want, and I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You know you know what I find really interesting as well is because Joel just shared something on social media and he, he talked about how the finals are, or whatever are going to be that sort of tribute to to the match that almost ended it all, the, the, the match that you were taken to the poster being like, don't do this. But essentially that's where this tournament mm-hmm. is heading to to yeah. to that match and so you can essentially through force of will find yourself in that match <laughs> like the, the forbidden match oh yeah definitely like i'll do anything to get to that match because that stipulation has always been on my bucket list ever since i've seen that match yeah. back in the day mm-hmm. like i seen it on vhs <laughs> i i hadn't seen it until joel sent me the link so for anybody that doesn't know what we're referring to it's sort of like an infamous match in uh, Australian wrestling history. Mad Dog and Lobo. I would stuff up the entire description of what the match was. It's a thousand raining thumbtacks, deathmatch, <laughs> something insane. Barbed wire ropes. Barbed wire ropes, yeah. It was, it was everything and, and more. Uh, but when they, when they had this match, it, it, basically the, the local news media got a hold of it and it sort of came out that like there were kids in the crowd and it was a barbaric match. And, and it kind of knocked Australian wrestling on its head for a while and Deathmatch got like a really bad rap here, right? And so now we're, we're coming back around where Deathmatch Down Under exists and the stigma on Deathmatch is kind of lifting and, and they're looking at doing that as the the sort of final of the dream tournament this year. It, it was funny when that was on the news because um, I can't remember his name. Um, the politician from Midnight Oil or, you know, artist turned politician from Midnight Oil, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he tried to shut down death matches. <laughs> got the, uh, I wish I had the footage. It was just so weird. It was just funny to see. Um, but, yeah, like I think – Whoever gets in the finals, myself or not, yeah. it would be really special because it's a big part of our history. Like yeah. that was the first death match in Australian wrestling. The first time a lot of those weapons were used. Mm-hmm. And um for you know, Mad Dog's still wrestling now and he's in the is in the dream tournament. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like he's definitely one to look out for because he's done that style of match before. Absolutely. Like he is our history. But yeah. It's just, and it was crazy to see Lobo wrestle at War Games yeah. because, um, yeah, that was that was crazy to me. Yeah. So I, I seen him wrestle George Julio in George's retirement match. Wow. Um, that was special too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've always wanted to get in the ring with him, just uh-huh. at least once. Yeah. But unfortunately, it hasn't happened. Um, the timelines haven't met up or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But. And it was so cute to see his parents in the crowd because at the carnage, I don't know if you know, his dad jumped over into the ring and tried to break up the match. I don't know if you've, if you've seen that on, on, in the footage. His parents were there. I thought that was so, it was so special. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was cool. Um, but, yeah, I think this year's dream is very, very different than last year. Because um, we've got a lot of um, we've got more fighters this year. Mm-hmm. Last year's tournament, we only had about seven or eight fighters. This year's thirteen. 
Yes. Um, and I think everyone, including myself, is a bit more prepared. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. going to be amazing. Well, it's, it's like uh, looking at the lineup; it, it's huge. Like you've got so many potential winners uh, in it. I, th- I think anybody stands a puncher's chance in the tournament. And on your side of the block, like it's it's not well. It's not easy going on any side, but I mean, you're you're talking the likes. Of, uh, there's obviously Michelle who's coming in and making her deathmatch down under debut, but then you've also got like Will Walker and Damian Rivers and Joel Bateman. You've got all these people on that side of the block that you're gonna need to get through in order to make it to that final night. But I think we've learned that if Fixon has a mindset on something, they they may need to be watching out for you, right? Yeah, definitely. Like I always say, you know, it's going to be my time, whatever, but I've been injured a lot this year. Mm. Like I, I I don't know if I broke my coccyx or what what the hell I did. I don't know what I did. Yeah. But um, I couldn't wrestle for a little bit um, and then I got injured again. Mm. <laughs> it happens. Like I've been pretty lucky over 20 years. I've only had like one serious injury, which was my shoulder, and then just, you know, nagging injuries, whatnot. But being on the other side of the curtain, mm-hmm. it's been a real eye-opener. Mm-hmm. But I know what I want, and I'm not going to let anyone stop me. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make history yet again and win this tournament, the first female deathmatch wrestler yeah. to win this tournament. I would love that. Like, I'd like to see myself as a pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have nothing wrong with female wrestlers at all, mm-hmm. but I've always considered myself a pro wrestler, but... Certain things are special when you're a female, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You've been a lot of firsts in your career. So adding another one like that, I mean, we've only just ever, we had the first ever deathmatch tournament just recently. And so what better time to put your stamp on it than right now, right? Yeah, exactly. And I have a lot of history with a few of the guys in my block. Like um, Will Walker, I was his first deathmatch. Yeah. So I think that's pretty special because, you know, having your first death match with someone, you never forget. And you're always, like, I was so happy and so honoured to have his first death match because it's special. He's never going to forget that. Yeah. And Joel, well, it's Joel. <laughs> I've known Joel for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Probably, geez, he's probably the lot. I've known him the most out of everyone in that tournament. I've known him for about 18 years, yeah. 18, 19 years. Mm-hmm. So we definitely have a lot of history as well. Um, Michelle, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count her out. Like she's very unpredictable, mm-hmm. very, very unpredictable. Um, and there's Damo. Yeah. This is, it's just crazy. And we've got international on the show, which would be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, he's wrestling Mad Dog, which would be, I don't know. I think that might even steal the show, to be quite honest Absolutely. with you. Absolutely. Jimmy Lloyd versus Mad but, Dog is a huge one to watch. Yeah. But the best advice I ever got was from from Scotty Too Hotty. <laughs> doesn't matter where you are on the card, steal the show. So, yeah. And I tell that to people mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, oh, you got to work to your spot on the card, blah, 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 in, in like normal shows and whatnot. But that advice is as it's just stuck with me, like yeah. a bit of gum on the back, on the bottom of your shoe. You just can't. Get rid of. Yeah. So I plan on stealing the show. So absolutely. This one. Yeah, exactly. Well, from what I've seen for you on any show, that's usually pretty much the way it goes. Uh, you always make an absolute impact. Yo, 
Let me stop you right there. I just need to holler at everybody and tell them about NordVPN. This service has been a bit of a game changer for me, man. Not only are they one of the first services, you know, to believe in me and to believe in this podcast, which is pretty amazing, but it's also been great to like pick up my internet access and throw it around the world. I've been able to access all the streaming services. I've been able to check out different shopping sites. It's keeping me safe and sound on the internet and protecting all of my important data. It's been pretty damn awesome. So if you want to give it a chance for yourself, if you want to try it out, if you want to get amongst the glory that is NordVPN, just go to nordvpn.com feels and use the code feels to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan and at one additional month for free. Uh, it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, which is pretty sweet. So yeah, nordvpn.com feels and use the code feels. Now let's get back to the interview. Can we rewind a little bit and can I ask you about who you had your first death match with? Um, so my th- first death match was for STF, um, based in Melbourne. It was me and Mad Dog versus Chucky Chaos and Vida Loca. Okay. So is that? I don't know. If you know. Who I, I don't. I I am unfamiliar with the other two. Obviously, very familiar with Mad Dog. So it was kind of like a mixed tag death match kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it, it was a mixed tag. Like um, we had a. I'm trying to think what weapons we had. The screwdrivers. There was scissors. There was a thumbtack pit. Um, there was a bathtub. There was a chair. There was a birdcage. It's <laughs> a whole lot of random shit, really. <laughs> That's but crazy. I, yeah, it, was, it was amazing. Like, it was my first taste, and I just wanted more after that. Yeah, yeah. Were you, like, nervous leading up to it, or were you like, it's it's finally here, kind of? Oh, yeah. I was pretty nervous because um, I didn't want to fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Because was, there was a lot riding on this match, even though there was only, like, 20 people in the crowd. For me, there was a lot riding on this match because um, it was my first death match. It was the first time that someone had given me a chance to have a death match mm-hmm. and I didn't want to let anyone down. I didn't want to let myself down mm-hmm. or my, or the other people in the match. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, it was there was a lot riding on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the, the other first that I wanted to ask you about as well was I know um, you were really about having like a no-rope uh, barbed wire match in – Deathmatch Down Under, and obviously that uh, that stipulation was something that you were really about. Uh, how was it to to do that? Well, unfortunately, that day I had to get one of my animals put down because they were very sick. Um, oh my god, I'm so, so sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. It was it was a very tough day. Yeah. Um, trying to get into the headset was a bit hard, but I got there, mm-hmm. um, and it was just amazing. Like. That match will always be one of my favourite matches because it's always – it was the first barbed wire ropes match I've seen live. Yeah. Because um, the other times there was – there was one at BCW with Mad Dog and Sebu. I had to go get stitched up because I wrestled Mortar in the opener. Yeah. And I got a lovely light tube injury in the oh. armpit. So I had to go get stitched up and oh, I missed it. Oh, no. Um, which I was, I was so upset about because I just wanted to see one live. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it – was, crazy it was amazing like that i haven't felt that way about a match in a very long time yeah um and not to mention like i think everyone knew going in that match how i felt about that match yeah but 
for me now, I I want to do the match again, but with explosives. <laughs> it wasn't enough when it was just barbed wire. If we could just go ahead and add some explosives to it, that's what I yeah. really need. Yeah. Well, that that was always my dream stipulation, but um, you know, we haven't been able to do it here. But yeah, yeah that's the goal. But I definitely want to have another one. Yeah. Like, especially being in a better mindset where nothing horrible happens in the morning or whatnot. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've been there like um, experiencing tragedy and things like that and then having to push through and perform, you know, in some way. And it's it's not easy in a lot of ways, but then afterwards, you know, it can be quite cathartic, you know, to, yeah. to let that out another way. Obviously, I'm not a professional wrestler, but I, I had um, – situations where like you know family member passed away like day of a funeral but then a very big show yeah. like for the band that I was in and stuff and I had to go and still do that show I had commitments you know to my friends and stuff and I found like the whole thing was really hard to show up and show out and like you say get into that mindset but then once you push through it at the end it's almost just like all this like weight sort of you know lifts it lifts yeah, off definitely. you yeah and and it, and it just, makes the it's whole just thing. seen as an outlet like um yeah channel for me wrestling is always an outlet for me like yes. it has been since i was a teenager because mm-hmm. i was a pretty angry teenager growing up i didn't <laughs> have <laughs> I, I the easiest way to put it is i come from a broken home and pro wrestling saved me i know it sounds very cliche yeah. and whatnot but it's the truth yeah. um but yeah definitely helped me after the match like um i just wanted to do it again i'm like can we do it again yeah <laughs> But this time with explosives. And if there's anything I know yeah. about uh, Deathmatch Down Under and some of the crazy minds that go behind that stuff, it wouldn't even surprise me if they're already trying to figure out how to do that because uh, they're always trying to up the ante and do fucking stupid things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll get there. Well, speaking of some other crazy stuff as we start to um, wrap everything up here, we obviously uh, briefly touched on it, but ICW, No Holds Barred, is coming to Australia. You've been announced as one of the first uh, fighters in those shows. How exciting is that to get to be a part of of that? Like, do you know which shows you're going to be on yet? Do you know how things are sort of shaking out for you? Um, I have no no idea what to expect, uh-huh. but I know I'm on the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm super excited. I can't wait to see who I'm wrestling. Um, for me, it's a big deal because. Well, today I was meant to be in the States wrestling the yeah, Queen. Um right. and yeah, it was I did I had I had a feeling it wasn't gonna happen because of Ian Ron's history, but I tried to stay positive. Yeah. Um Yeah, so for them coming out, it's kinda like I've gone to the US kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And it kinda puts my foot in the door if I ever want to go there, which I do. Nice. Um so yeah, I I just want to wrestle everyone. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just all yeah. of them, all at the same time. <laughs> but I have a question for you. Yeah. Who do you want? Who do you want Vixen to wrestle on these shows? I would love to see Vixen versus. Um, so this is it's a hard word to say when I do it. Vixen versus Schlack would be yeah awesome. I would love that. I can only imagine how hard a hitting contest you would have. That would be awesome. I'd love to see Vixen versus Cruel. Would be awesome. like you could actually you could line you up against anybody on their roster, and I would be really intrigued to see the match that would would happen. And I think they would be 
very, very happy with the the outcome. I could I could see you being a part of their their lineup full time, and I think you bring something that nobody else on their roster has, and I'd be, I would love to see it. Cool, thank you. Yeah, yeah, no worries. <laughs> I I com- completely mean it, like a hundred percent. I I think it's going to open a lot of eyes for you uh, when people get to tune into that IWTV turn on that ICW no holds barred stream that they always watch, but then they see Vixen yeah. for the first time. You know, those American fans that are maybe not familiar with you yet. Yeah. I think, I think it's going to be fucking I think awesome. it's definitely going to be magic. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. I'm a very different pro wrestler to most. Yes. I, well, I like to think I am anyway. Mm-hmm. I like to think um, when someone comes, in a, comes to a show that I'm on that, oh, do you remember that chick? Do you remember that crazy chick, what she did? Like, that was sucked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, it doesn't even have to be a death match. I just want people to go away remembering something of my match. Yeah. But yeah. I hate when you go to shows or you're watching shows and you ask someone, oh, what what was your favourite moment of the show or, you know, move or whatever? Oh, I don't know. Like, to me, the wrestler's got to work harder for something. Yeah. Like they've got to work harder. So you, when fans leave, like, oh, did you see that power bomb that chick did? Yeah. Or did, did you see that? Like, that's what you want. Yeah. Like, uh, like I'm like, remember when Vixen speared that dude through that table? You know what I mean? It was <laughs> just like absolute devastation. And when, yeah. when, when I've shown, so my wife enjoys wrestling as well. She comes to shows with me and things like that. But sometimes, you know, you show her a new show and there's so many wrestlers, it's hard to remember everybody on it. But, like, yeah, after yeah. she saw you for the first time, she's like, that's my girl, Vixen. Like, she's, like, oh, uh, yeah. about it. <laughs> she's about it, you know. I, and I, I think it's really important that there's those kind of characters that can cut through and, you know, and stand out. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, my character is just pretty much a larger-than-life me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which they say that's the best characters. Turn it to 11. Um, and, yeah, Vixen's definitely a bully hater. I hate bullies. Yeah. Like, I was... When I first started pro wrestling, I was bullied for a little bit yeah. um, from other females mm-hmm. in other states yeah. and whatnot, as it is, whatever it is. But I just, yeah, I'm not going to tolerate that shit now. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if I see that shit go down in the locker room I'm on with anyone, yeah. like I'm going to intervene and go, what the fuck's going on? Why are you talking to this person like a piece of shit? Like, yeah, yeah that's just that's just my job as a veteran, I guess. I love it. <laughs> I literally love it. Man, I can't wait for these shows. I'm so excited. I can't believe I'm going to be there for them. I'm so, I'm so ready to see it. I can't even wait, yeah? Uh, how much longer we got? I need to be counting down the days, but but it's coming very soon. Yeah, it's not long. Not long. Exactly. Not long at all. Exactly. So I hope they're ready for me because I'll be ready for them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, it's going to be awesome. And, yeah, like you said, today, I think it was today or – well, around this time, yeah, you would have been in America, as would a Callan. You guys would have been part of that big uh, IWA yeah. Mid South weekend. Um, it must have been pretty weird having that all just crash down around you. But uh, I think he had even said that he was kind of starting to feel a little bit suspicious about it all, like leading well, up to it. It, it was so weird because Ian goes, "Going to organise uh, visas, whatnot, blah 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 blah," and then I didn't hear from him for a month, and I'm like, "Hey, dude, just just check in to see what's going on because I have to let work know." Mm-hmm. Um, cause I've just started a new job and, yep. you know, need mm-hmm. to give them a lot more, a lot of notice. Absolutely. And didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything. Then read some stuff online. I messaged him, Hey dude, are the shows canned? 
uh, just need to know, question mark. And he just said, yes. That oh, was it. That was like, it. Like, I don't care, but fuck, have some respect and go, look, I'm so sorry. Um, the show has been cancelled. Blah, blah, blah. No, this didn't even say like anything. Like, that's what pissed me off the most yeah. is like, just have some respect for your workers and go, sorry, I fucked up. I'm a shit cunt. I can't have the shows on. Yeah. And like, but respect I guess, for people's time, you know, because people start to like yeah. book, leave, like make plans, do things for you. So it's like, keep everybody informed. If things are falling down around you, then be like, hey, just letting you guys know, some things are actually going pretty bad here. I'm not sure what's going to happen. I'll yeah, let you like, know I'll, as soon as I, I know. I would have been fine with that, but I guess I got out of it pretty easy compared to others. Yeah. Like, I'm so glad that um there was a sh- there was shows on this weekend to replace yes. those shows. Yeah. So, because so many fans messaged me saying they're so happy they've booked their flights, they've paid their tickets, and, you know, like, it's tough in the world these days with money. Yeah. Like, whatever money you have and you've booked it to come see someone that's coming from a different country or the local wrestlers and the show doesn't happen and you can't get your money back. Yeah. That's just rough. Exactly. Like, like, like what if you guys had, you know, fronted flights yourself and had booked them and, you know, based everything around that, you know, you'd probably be looking at no refunds and stuff and then you'd be, you know, out of pocket and it's just just not okay. I was well aware of his history. um, But to me, everyone gets a fair go until you fuck me over. Yeah. That's just a life thing. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just in life. If you fuck me over, then I can't be fucked with you anymore. Yeah. Um, in wrestling, I always, I've always been told or teached or whatever, give everyone a chance to they stuff you around with pay, pickups, whatever. Um, so yeah, gave them a chance. I had, I didn't have, I had the weird feeling it wasn't going to happen, so I couldn't get that excited until I actually had a plane ticket in front of me. Yeah. Um. But yeah. <laughs> That's, so, that, that's that veteran in you, right? Like nothing's real in wrestling until it actually happens, you know? So Well, that's it. Like I've, I've learned that the hard way so many times in pro wrestling. Nothing is guaranteed until you're in that moment and it's in front of you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Well, I think you would have made an amazing <laughs> queen of the death match and I think it would have been a perfect choice for you to come in as a conquering Australian and take that whole tournament. So, oh, well, uncrowned queen <laughs> of the death match. We all know it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Crowns up. <laughs> now that's awesome. But, but the, uh, I'm not even like, I'm not bitter or anything about it. Yeah. Like it's wrestling. Shit happens. Like mm-hmm. shit happens. Arseholes cause it. And then you move on. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> right. And you know what? Other opportunities come from it. Other things happen and you have yeah, an course. amazing rest of the year planned. Like uh, I can't think of anything more exciting than everything we're looking at with dream everything we're looking at with um, the crossover stuff with ICW, it's going to be absolutely awesome. And uh, I can only imagine you're pretty pumped about it. Who's your pick for Dream besides me, obviously? Obviously you, if, if anybody asks. But seriously, you are on that side of the blog. Um, you're, you're my pick to, to go. Does it end up in Does it end up in a three-way? How does it? I don't have the chart in front of me, but... I think it's, yeah, it's a three-way round two. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. But then you just end up with two people in the final, yeah? Yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah, so on your side of the block, yourself, and then uh, on the other side of the block, oh, it's hard to to look past Mad Dog or maybe um, Callan. 
I mean, Callan is the champion, so you can see Callan getting all the way to the finals. Though I did have Vic Craig on the other day, and we were we were working out a strategy where because he's got two three way matches, he hides under the ring for both of them, and then just pins the people at the end and gets to the end. So maybe Vic Craig, if he can, <laughs> if he can uh, struggle through and get all the way, or even you and Jimmy Lloyd would be. Yeah, that would be cool. He's, he's someone I've wanted to work for a while. Yeah, so there's just so many options. It's really hard to pick. Of all the tournament pickems I've been doing lately, I've really kind of struggled, especially with all the three-way dancers that are going to be there. It's hard to pick who's going to go through, but I'll be pulling for yeah. you. You're my you're my pick for the whole tournament. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I cannot wait. Um, Vixen, can you tell everybody where to find you on social media? Uh, so on Instagram, you can find me at Vixen86, and Twitter's the same, Vixen86. And Facebook, Vixen86. Exactly. And where do they find all your fire merch? Because you've got some killer designs on there as well. Um, so if you're in the States, um, there's Match Worldwide and uh, wrestler merch here. Um, and I also have some merch on hand. And I'm also a dream. I'll be having my new merch with Ooh. my Mousetrap Face T-shirt. Mousetrap Face T-shirt. Oh, oh, I know the exact one you're talking about, and yes, that is fire. (laughs) If you haven't seen it, people check out our social media because it's a a pretty vicious photo that you've got there. (laughs) It's pretty funny. Yeah. (laughs) I loved it. It's cool. I like it because it's different. (laughs) Yeah, exactly right. I hadn't seen that before. Is that, was that photo taken after, was the the mousetraps in that match at Spiders? Like, was it from that? Um, Was that the five-way? Yes. Yeah, I brought um, my weapon of choice is a mousetrap board. That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that that yeah. for that particular photo was taken after that match, was it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there you go. I was in the building. There we go. It's <laughs> it's even more famous now. So <laughs> we have to pick one up. That is awesome. Thank you so much for your time. It's been so fun getting to know you and having a little glimpse at your your history here and and how you've come to where you are. We wish you. All the luck in the world with the Dream Tournament. Can't wait to see you show out for ICW No Holds Barred and all the Deathmatch Down Under stuff. It's been great getting to know you. Thank you. You too. Thanks for having me. Any time, literally any time. So for everybody out there, for the amazing Vixen, for Deathmatch Down Under and for Faces and Feels, remember, it's all about peace, love and pro wrestling. Thanks for spending your time listening to the Faces and Feels podcast. Faces and Feels is a DIY project recorded and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Faces Feelscast, or just head straight to our link tree, linktr.ee slash Faces Feelscast to find all the info you'll ever need about the show. You can stream the episodes, be directed to your favorite podcast providers, find links to all our social media platforms and sponsors, and you can even buy me a coffee. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or interview requests, you can send us an email to facesandfeels at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and Spotify. A banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Vinyls and Violence, a brand celebrating a love of music and deathmatch wrestling. Follow on Instagram at Vinyls and Violence. 
follow on Twitter at Legalize Ranch, and that's Ranch with two H's, and buy the shirts from DeathmatchWorldwide.com. Vinyls and violence. I'm pretty sure it's like some weirdo shit like Pokemon or something. <laughs>